Hi everyone, welcome in this new episode of my podcast. Again, this is an episode where Pascal Coppens and myself will compare a company from the West with a company from China. And in this episode, we're going to dive deeper in the differences between Facebook and ByteDance. And ByteDance is the mother holding that holds a company called TikTok. Enjoy this new episode. Pascal, um, the battle Facebook versus ByteDance. I mean, Facebook is the strongest ecosystem in the world uh, in online communication. They're also very good in copy-pasting successful other platforms and then hoping that that market share of the competitor will, will drop. If you look at ByteDance, um, I know Tochao, I know TikTok. Are those applications strong enough to attack the ecosystem of Facebook? Well, they're just very different, and I think they're not attacking Facebook, they're attacking the users. And, and this is about Generation Z. These are young people and they want different experiences. And I think Facebook is a little bit an older product and maybe for an older audience, but indeed, uh, it's very hard to innovate constantly. And what ByteDance does so good is build these algorithms to constantly test and figure out what these users want. And that's their strength. And they're building many, many applications. We just don't know all of them. But let's look at the details of ByteDance and Facebook. As we all know, Facebook is more than Facebook. You have a family of apps with WhatsApp, Messenger, Facebook, Instagram, all of them hugely successful. And if you look to the whole network that Facebook created, I think the one thing that they did really well is just get to the right acquisitions at the right moment. If, if you look at it, that they acquired Instagram for one billion. Back then, people were like, what? He paid one billion for a platform with 30 million users. But if you look now, it's one of the cash machines of, of the Facebook group. Same with WhatsApp. He acquired it for $19 billion. The, the funny part of the story was that this was a guy who created WhatsApp that once applied to Facebook. He never got the job. He said, well, then I'm going to start my own company. He started WhatsApp. And then about a year and a half later, Mark had to buy him back for $19 billion. So that was a good career move from that guy. But looking back, I mean, WhatsApp has been a tremendous investment uh, as well for, for Facebook. And if they want to buy something and they don't succeed, like with Snapchat, then they are experts in copy-pasting the strong features from these platforms. And by doing so, actually leveraging the network that they have to try to destroy the, the other rising competitor. Uh, like Snapchat never really reached the amount of people that people thought it would a couple of years ago because Instagram stories just threw them on the ground. But there's more than just these social networks. Uh, Facebook has their virtual reality labs where they try to think of the new platform that could come to the world. Uh, and they are strong believers in, in the metaverse where they try to create a virtual environment where we can all meet. Today they have Horizon Workrooms, which is like, a, a, yeah, it's almost like you're in a cartoon and you're an avatar and you're meeting with other people in three-dimensional settings. Imagine that they could do this with real humans. Uh, today we communicate a lot on two-dimensional screens with Zoom and Teams. I'm convinced that the future of digital communication will be three-dimensional, where we're going to see each other just like we see each other in a physical setting. With Horizons, they're placing a first step in that direction. It feels still a little bit gimmicky, but you could see what this could look like if they, yeah, if they build upon that. And, and recently, they launched a new platform, their Facebook Glasses, together with Ray-Ban. 
because Mark Zuckerberg believes that glasses will be the next platform after the smartphone. And he believes that thanks to these, these glasses, we'll have mixed reality. And if we walk around, we see all kind of additional virtual information on top of what we see physically. These pair of glasses that they launched now, um, they're a first step in that. Uh, it's basically a, a, a good looking pair of sunglasses and they have two cameras in it. So you can take pictures, you can take videos. There are Bluetooth uh, earphones included in it. You can talk to it. You can say, hey, Facebook, take a picture and then you can share it. So it's not really an augmented reality platform yet, but it's a first step of experimenting with that. And if you compare these glasses, for instance, with the ones that Snapchat, Snapchat used in the past, Snapchats, you, I mean, those glasses, they looked gimmicky. You looked like an idiot when you were wearing them. These, the ones that Facebook released with Ray-Ban, they actually look cool. And I think, of course, that's going to be a parameter for success. So you see how Facebook is constantly trying to come up with, with new platforms to see how they can leverage the billions of users that they have on their other platforms. Now, if we look to the challenges, um, Facebook now almost has 3 billion users on all of their platforms together, 3 billion, and growth isn't stopping. But still, the question is, at a certain point, how well will they be able to, to keep people on their platforms? Uh, especially when new competitors come out, um, like TikTok, uh, and those new platforms usually are being used by younger people. Will Facebook be able to keep Generation Z on their platforms or are they going to become older together with their audience? That's going to be a challenge for them. Another challenge is their revenue. Today, like 99% of the revenues that Facebook is making are coming from advertising. So it's a pure advertising model. Imagine that regulations change there. Imagine that other competitors pop up, then they are pretty vulnerable if this model would be under attack. Because of that, they try to expand their revenues. And one of the areas that they really invest in is e-commerce, social commerce. They would like to make it as easy as possible to buy products from their own platforms, especially Instagram is a really attractive platform for that, where you see a product and without leaving the Instagram platform, the dream is that you buy products and then you continue browsing and you buy other products. And that's what they're working on. Now, of course, one of the big challenges is related to fake news. It's related to the trustworthiness of Facebook. This whole process of a decrease in, in trust started with the whole Cambridge Analytica drama in 2016. And many people are really worried that Facebook cannot handle this. Um, I don't know if you remember this, but about two years ago, they came up with this new financial platform, cryptocurrency, a platform called Libra, where they will work working together with many, many big companies like MasterCard and Uber and others. But the, the, the pol politicians, they attacked Facebook on this and they didn't want such a powerful platform also to have a footprint in, in the financial market. So it became a complete drama, mainly because the market doesn't trust them. So I believe the key challenge for Facebook to, for the future is to make sure that they can tackle the fake news issue. Uh, the government is watching them with, with very clear eyes. There's a focus on them, especially since the elections are under threat. Huh? And, and if you put it in a dramatic way, you could say that the US democracy is under threat because of the fact that Facebook is being compromised. Uh, and, and it's not just politics. Like now with the vaccines and COVID, I mean, Facebook has to remove all kind of fake information related to vaccines as well. So it's a constant flow of information. And the majority of those fake messages seem to come from Russia and Iran. 
two of the arch enemies of the United States. So these guys don't have the military power of the United States, but they figured out ways how to manipulate the system. And if you can make sure that, let's say, 30% of the Americans don't want to have a vaccine because of fake news, you're actually putting pressure on the economy and on everything that's related with the power of the United States. So these guys have become experts to manipulate and to use that system. And Facebook knows this, obviously, and they're trying to, to react to that. Now, on a yearly basis, they're, about, they're investing about 5 billion US dollars every year to fight fake news, and still it's not enough. I, I remember I was at the Facebook offices a couple of years ago, and they said, well, about 95% of all the fake messages, we can, we can find them, we can remove them. And 95% seems a lot, but the 5% remaining messages with fake news, they can cause a lot of damage. So Mark Zuckerberg also announced that 5 billion will not be enough to deal with this challenge. Now, I want to end with a positive note, huh, because it's all very depressing if you hear all that. A lot of people believe that on social media, you get more negative feedback than positive feedback. Now, in, in the world of politics, where there's always a lot of criticism, the last two years, politicians who place messages on the Facebook channels, they actually receive more positive feedback than negative. So it's not all that negative as we sometimes think. The offer you can't refuse. Uh, a model that I play with to define what brings value to customers. And there are four layers of value that you can bring today. Good product, service, price, digital convenience, partner in life, and adding value to society. And, and Facebook, of course, started out as a digital platform. Um, they are a digital-only player, and their core focus is to make sure that the convenience levels are extremely high, because they know if, if that's the case, that we're going to stick to the platform. And the more hours we spend on the platform, the better for them. And, and they don't change it just overnight. If they want to change something in the interface, they work with tryouts. Like they recently um, changed the Instagram interface where you don't see the number of likes anymore, but you just see that the picture and that some people liked it. They tried it out in a number of markets. Once they saw, okay, it has a positive effect on our memberships and our community, then they pushed the gas pedal. That's usually how they reason how they work. Then partner in life, you know, the, the Facebook message, the dream of Mark Zuckerberg is to bring the world closer. He has 3 billion people on his platform. That's almost half of the world. And the challenge is, how can you leverage that more? How can you create a, how can you become a real partner in life? Today, they're a partner in communication. But what if their payment services become more important? What if the horizons meetings become more important? What if the shopping part becomes more important? So, even though Facebook is already so large, there are a lot of growth areas that are still untapped. The problem is, of course, like take social commerce, that competition is fierce there. You have all the individual brands, you have Amazon, you have Shopify that's playing in this field, you have Pinterest as a platform that's playing this game. So they got their monopoly situation. The growth is in the other areas, and in the other areas there's a lot of competition. But if Facebook succeeds in bringing that all together, that's the moment that they have the possibility to become a broad partner in life and become a real super app in the world. And then you have the top of the model having an impact on society. They're doing whatever they can to make sure that their uh, emission levels are lower. They're working on renewable energy and they're investing a lot in that and it feels like they're doing a really good job there. But the real impact is the key challenge that I was talking about. If you bring all these people together, how could they leverage that power, that network, to create a better world? I mean, there's no other platform in the world where people are connected in such a way 
Today we talk a lot about the downsides of Facebook with the fake news and the negative messages. But think about the potential. There once, once there was a dream that a platform like Facebook could create you know, new movements. It started to happen with the Arabic Spring and stuff like that, but it never really worked. I think that this should be their core focus, to see how they can leverage that community to have a positive impact on the planet in a very broad way that goes beyond sustainability, but just in a broad way, mobilize people for the good of the planet. That would be wonderful if they could succeed in that. So if you ask me where they are, they're really good in digital convenience. And in partnering life and changing your world, they're doing good things there, but I think the potential, the upward potential there is still huge. ByteDance is a company that was set up in 2012, so it's like nine years old now. And ByteDance is a company that uh, we all know from TikTok. The Attention Factory, uh, that's the name that was very popular and every Generation Z, they know exactly what TikTok is about and even my daughter is on TikTok the whole time. I mean, this is about lip syncing, about dancing, it's about, I mean, funny jokes and lots of fun. So this is really about keeping people's attention and it's extremely addictive. But ByteDance is so much more than just TikTok. Actually, it was called Musical.ly before in the US and then they rebranded it when they acquired Musical.ly into TikTok. And this is a Chinese company. Many people don't know this or didn't know this before that TikTok is Chinese. And in China, where the version is actually even more advanced in many features, it's called Douyin. And this is the TikTok of China. It's almost the same thing, just a little bit more advanced in numbers of features. But they also have products like Totia and many others. Now, what's interesting about this is that if you look at the number of users that TikTok reached, they did 1 billion users in about two and a half, three years time. While any other platform in the US, you talk about Facebook, about, what, uh, about Snapchat, you talk about Instagram, any of them took at least seven to 10 years. Even in China, WeChat took longer than that. And so what is the secret behind TikTok behind ByteDance, how do they achieve 1 billion users in just a couple of years? This is incredible. Well, it has a lot to do with the way that this company is built. They're built on engineers and this company is all about artificial intelligence. They have these algorithms that really are trying to figure out how the user will react on any product that they bring out. And we all know ByteDance from TikTok and maybe in China Douyin and Toutiao, the news aggregator, but every year they bring out almost 50 applications. Nobody knows this, very few people do. And the reason they do that is they're constantly trying to figure out what is the work, what is the product that will be the next hit to go with. And then they have these AI algorithms that try to figure out what users are reacting on. And so this is not like Facebook that brings out a product and every so many years and when did we see a last new product from Facebook? No, this is about every week a new product and then trying to tweak the algorithms to see can we change it so more people go onto the platform. So right now they have already almost 50 products that are actually popular in China many and in many areas. It's, it's not just about consumer apps, there's, there's education apps, there's a lot of vertical applications and then internationally they have also apps even in the B2B world like Lark. It's like a Google uh, type of uh, work, workplace.
And so this is actually what, uh, what TikTok, what ByteDance, what Totia, what is all about. It's about many apps and then algorithms to improve it. And that's why they're so innovative. Now today they're going into the gaming industry. And the reason they're going into the gaming industry is not just because they think this is a cool industry, but because this is also about attention. And so there's two directions. You can go into trade like Amazon or Alibaba, and then you have all this infrastructure, and then you can try and sell things online, but also adding a social aspect to it. Or you go the other road, like Tencent does and ByteDance, by going into the social, getting attention, and then once people are constantly on your platform, then you can add the e-commerce. And gaming, together with just the attention factory that TikTok has on social media, would actually give maybe 80% of the attention time online for anyone in Generation Z or Millennials, and that is a gold mine. So they're going into that direction, and they just bought a VR company, hardware and software, Chinese company called Pico, uh, to go head-on with Facebook uh, into the VR environment, and also head-on with Tencent. So I'm very bullish that I think this company, TikTok or ByteDance, could be very successful into VR. And so we're seeing things coming together. And the secret of ByteDance, in my view, is that they try out all these new products every single time. And so they might be the first one, each one, each time to catch that new wave. And then maybe companies like Tencent or Facebook will copy them. Now, I do believe there's a lot of opportunities for this company. There's innovation drive and AI engineers are top notch. The best in China, the best in the world that they can get. They're paying them full price and, and some of them is millions of dollars every year because they really want to have the best architects and figure out how this algorithm can make things even more addictive and figure out the best products uh, for the market. But they're also going heavily into e-commerce now. Now this is a place where you have the big players like Alibaba in China and Amazon. And so how do you go into e-commerce? They don't have all that infrastructure. But their way of doing it will be actually to connect with the brands and with suppliers and partners. But ultimately, if you have the attention, because it's really an attention factory, then you got their attention of the users. And then it's quite easy to add e-commerce on that. The problem will be always to keep the attention. So they need to keep out bringing out new products like new games and new social media in order to keep the attention of the user. Tencent's very good in the gaming industry and Facebook of course is very good when it comes to social media but TikTok needs to do both at the same time. Their corporate culture is also very very cool uh, because this company is really looking not at the 996 of China where you have to work like crazy hours like Alibaba and Jack Ma said at one time this is the normal of China. No, they really take care of their employees and what we see in the corporate culture is that many people want to work for ByteDance just like many people want to work for Facebook because it's good to put on your resume. Well same is for ByteDance and young engineers they like this company, it's vivid, it's, it's fresh it's the future. Now, I do believe that TikTok and ByteDance as a company has a lot of challenges. I mean, they've been banned in India, not just uh, ByteDance and TikTok, but 57 apps from China were banned and they were one of them. So there's a lot of geopolitical context and, and friction there between India, between the West and China when it comes to social media. And this has a lot to do, of course, with data gathering and information about personal information about people. And even though their system is quite safe and secure and, and they know exactly what they're doing, I mean, Trump was uh, trying to ban 
TikTok in the US uh, just two years ago, and he was even saying that they should sell it to a, a US company. Microsoft was interested, Oracle. I mean, it didn't happen, and TikTok went to sue this government, and, and actually they won, so they could stay there. But the impression is very much that they have to think differently when going abroad. And despite the fact that TikTok is doing their best, because, I mean, name me one other big Chinese company that is successful both outside China and inside China in social media. I mean, it's very hard. And so this is where they really have their value of localization. They've been doing that very well. And that has to do with the human resource challenges that they have, but also the opportunities. The real problem is that they're having to hire so many people. I mean, they have to hire so many engineers because they're growing way faster than any company has ever grown. And so I remember that they were hiring like 50,000 employees in one year time. I mean, that means like 2,000 interviews per day you have to do. How do you do that for a company that used to be like five, six years old? I mean, that's not easy. And they also have to deal with copycats. Facebook and with other companies in China are even copying them as well. So everybody's copying TikTok because once their model works for one specific product, everybody wants in. And maybe now it's live streaming or short video. I mean, the trends change, but TikTok seems to be on that wave every single time. Now, when we look at the offer you can't refuse concept, then the ultimate convenience for TikTok is obvious. It's very algorithm-driven personalization. What that means is that this algorithm, specifically if you look at the product Totia, which is a news aggregator, then you see that the news that you read on Totia in China, it's a Chinese app, what you see is that this is really personalized for you. Exactly what you like to read of news, in my case that would be of course tech and China, that's what you get. You get more and more of the same. And so they know you so much better than your best friend that they can stream all these things to you instantly. And that is a real value because that creates an addiction. It's an attention that they really have. And now combining that with e-commerce or commerce is like, okay, I'm glued to my screen. I love what I see. This is just like a conveyor belt of, of funny things and interesting things. And this is what I want to read and see. And then suddenly I just have to click one button and I can buy things. So it's so easy. And so combining that will actually change the game for TikTok and for ByteDance in itself. But it's also about giving people their five minutes or five, 15 seconds of fame. And, and that's where they're really good at. They're really good at helping the user uh, to really get more attention in a, in a positive way. And so this is why people are so addicted. It's not just to watch others, it's also to be seen out there. And, and doing that with their algorithms is what makes the difference. It's very engagement prone. And if you compare with Instagram or, or YouTube or Facebook, I mean, people are much more engaged on this platform, TikTok and Toutiao and Douyin in China than any other platform around. Partner in life, interesting thing as well, because they really are partnering with their users. Uh, they're partnering with their users both from a creation point of view, but also from a personalization point of view. People are creating the most funny videos and, and really interesting things to listen to or to look at. And so people feel that they're a creator and create, creating an environment in the world where people can actually make that creation available to the whole world is pretty cool. Now, personalizing the information specifically with Totia, with TikTok, so you see more of what you really like, that's really cool as well. And so this is where they're really partnering with what people want to hear, want to see. 
But what I think is going to be interesting is the mini programs that they're working on. And what that means is that brands now don't have to post or put their products on the flagship stores of Alibaba anymore, but they can go directly to ByteDance, to Douyin, or go directly to TikTok, and they will actually put into these videos, into this stream, they will actually put advertisement or they will put uh, opportunities to buy the products that you see while the video is playing and, and then go directly to the brand's application. So the data gets owned still by the brand. And that's a game changer as well, probably. The community building is very strong. Now, talking about saving the world, I mean, this is a company that's only nine years old. It's very young, so they're doing what they can, but it's really, for them, very important to help the government, help China specifically, to get out of the problems that they have when it comes to the environment, when it comes to poverty, when it comes to promoting uh, employees. They're trying to do their best, as you can see, to make everybody more inclusive. They've even given 1% of their shares to the government. And that a lot of people are saying like, wow, well, why do they do that? Well, it's simply because they want to be aligned with the purpose of what's happening in China, which means to help people out of poverty and create a better or harmonious environment like they say in China. And so this is really strategic because that 1% could give them a lot of leverage in the future and at the same time help the planet. The CEO stepped down just uh, recently and he stepped down because he said, I want to spend more time on social responsibility. So somehow when you have built an empire like that in just nine years time and you say, now it's time for me to do good for the world, I do believe there's some truth into that. <music> Pascal, I still think that people underestimate the, the fundamental difference in algorithm from TikTok versus Facebook. If, if you think, or, or let's take Google as an example. If you go to Google, I have to type in what I want, like future of customer experience, then yeah. I get like 1.4 billion results. And I have to go to that information to find out if it's the right information or not. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the effort is still in the hands of the consumer. Yeah. If you compare that with uh, TikTok, the content just comes to you. You don't have to do anything. Yeah. And then based on your behavior, they're feeding you with more and more content. Mm -hmm. So it's a completely different way of, of sending content. The effort of the user is much lower. And if you're used to TikTok and then you go to Facebook or Instagram, then suddenly those platforms are very, very slow. So th this is a key challenge for Facebook to deal with that. And they're trying that with Instagram Reels, but I'm not sure if it's enough. I, don't, I, I think they will have to rethink their algorithm as well. Yeah, I, 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 th I mean, you're completely right. Uh, but for me, it's, it's also part of that Chinese culture. They don't have the patience to search. So if you look even on Baidu, the, the Chinese Google, mm -hmm. uh, it's not about just one little bar where you can s search something. No, you see lots of things on that page. And so they love to have, even with Ctrip and all these other platforms, all that information seen at one time. It has something to do with the Chinese language because there's all these characters, but it's also to do with the fact that they expect you as a company like Baidu, like, like TikTok, ByteDance, to, to actually know what the customer wants and they're very demanding. And so I think that model works globally, uh, but it's, it's interesting to see that maybe the culture of China actually had an influence on what people in the world might need in the future. Yeah, so that's true. We, we still have bad memories in the West of pages that were filled yes. with content we had. Well, what was it, Yahoo and stuff yep, like this? Yep, same thing. But it was full with irrelevant information. Yep. And the difference with the Chinese model is that they're trying it's very to make relevant. it relevant. Yes, and that's, yes. that's the key to the success. Exactly, exactly. <laughs>
So I hope you liked it this week. Don't forget to subscribe on our channel and we'll see you next week for another episode. See you next week. Bye-bye.